What does it mean to be an equestrian? It's more than just being a fan of horses. It's the riders, coaches, owners, barn staff, grooms, and other support staff. But it's also the people, family, and friends who make up the whole equestrian team. And this podcast is for all of you. I am so excited to be here with you as we explore life in and outside of the show ring. I'm Tracy Mitchell, and I'm here to help you hit your stride. Hello, everybody. Here we are together again, taking part in the latest episode of Hitting Your Stride. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy getting to know my guest today. Today's guest is Megan Lane. She has represented Canada in the sport of dressage at all levels, from her many years competing at the North American Junior and Young Rider Championships, the 2014 World Equestrian Games, the 2015 Pan American Games, and the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. Thank you, Megan, for joining me today. I have really been looking forward to reconnecting with you and this conversation. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. You're very and welcome. And for going through, um, yeah, for the effort of putting this together for everybody. Um, I'm sure it's uh, it's very, very helpful. So yeah. <laughs> thank you very much to the, from the whole equestrian community. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're very welcome. I, I hope they, uh, I hope they enjoy the message I'm trying to, to put out there for all of us as a community to consider and think about. So that's great. So could you start us off by sharing with us a little bit of your journey? Like how does a young girl riding a pony named Crazy Bull in the hunter jumper rings go to representing Canada in the Olympics? Well, um, start with uh, a little bit of passion, um, a lot of hard work um, and, uh, some very supportive, uh, family members. <laughs> That's, uh, that would be, yeah, the key ingredients, um, at least for me and in my lifetime. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I started, I started riding, um, probably before I was three, I started, um, on my mom's 17 two hand high uh Hanoverian. um and he was such a dream he was so quiet and so good so um yeah she would give me lead line classes on him um and she always took me to the barn with her and her um little baby carrier so I was always around horses and um and then she had that horse at um a friend of hers uh who was a vet and um, uh, I, she, he basically gave me a pony of, of his, um, whose name was Crazy, Crazy Bull. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically, um, that, that was the, the intro. And then from there, um, my mom, uh, Dr. Llewellyn and I started a little, um, a little pony training um, and selling business. Um, which was amazing because I got a lot of um, experience with different ponies and um, a lot of experience uh, showing. And um, I did uh, the hunters, jumpers, a little bit of dressage and uh, three-day eventing. Um, so I didn't specialize too early. 
Um, wow. And uh, I think for for those of you growing up or just getting into horses, um, that would probably be one of my biggest pieces of advice is to not specialize too early to get as much experience in, in as many different disciplines as possible. Um, yeah, those are those are the biggest things for me. And then, um, yeah, from there I went uh, on to uh, dressage, where I caught the bug for dressage. Can I just interrupt? What was it that made you then decide to specialize with dressage? Good question. Um, I, um, I loved the discipline of it. I loved, um, how it improved the rideability for the other disciplines. Um, and I think I'm the type that I really like to, to master something. And, um, I really felt like, um, I benefited, uh, in all areas of my riding through that the most. Um, and yeah, how you can basically transform the horse for the better, make them more athletic and, um, lighter to ride. And, um, yeah, that, that helped me to, to be better in the other things. So, um, so yeah, I would say that that was, you know, although it's not maybe the easiest, uh, discipline, not that anything is easy, but, um, you know, I hear a lot that, that it is challenging for some horses and riders, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Nice, obviously, and you've obviously yeah. chosen the right uh, the right pathway. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, um, um, yeah, then my mom and I basically branched off and uh, and and did the same thing, but um, more specialized in dressage horses, and uh, that sort of brought me led me to my um story with Caravella who um or Capri as I call her yes um yeah she was uh we found her at um at a little hunter jumper barn in Uxbridge Ontario and she was at that point being advertised as a hunter um and I knew from the second that I saw her that I loved her um uh so I, I actually went with a friend of mine. So this is, it's like such a crazy coincidence because I happen to have a half, an afternoon off and my friend calls me up and says, um, I'm going horse shopping, would you like to come with me? <laughs> and I had finished all my, my chores for the day and um, so hopped in the car and we walked into the barn and she was already in the arena. And there were probably about five other horses in the arena at that time. And uh, um, I saw her and I didn't think that she was the one for sale. I thought this horse is way too pretty to be <laughs> for sale. So um, no, sure enough, she was the one. And my friend actually didn't like her. Um, and so I said to her, I said, I love her. <laughs> Do you mind if I buy her? Wow. And she said, no, because yeah, I don't, I don't want her. So I called my mom up right away. I had my mom come down and, um, and she wasn't thrilled with her. She was smaller at the time. She was just Mm -hmm. turning eight. Um, she didn't look like the horse that I think of her now as, um, yeah, she was like very marish and, um, 
you know, on the small side, I looked huge on her. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no. And then uh, I convinced her to, to, um, fire and pick her up and we took her home and the rest is kind of history. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's not that rare that you hear people finding like dressage people finding those gems in hunter jumper barns, you know, and, and then just with, with the right work, like you described about, you know, um, and, and if the horse can handle the mental part of the, of the ride for sure. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was, that Mm -hmm. was kind of a nice find you had. I'm glad your friend didn't like her. (laughs) I know me too. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's, um, that's probably my best, uh, way to pick horses a lot of people say like how do you choose the horse and for me um uh it's the feeling when I get on um and the second I sat on her was the second like I fell in my heart I felt in my heart that I I knew she was the one um yeah she was just powerful wow um I think if you have enough experience with a lot of different horses you can kind of feel if even if they're not super strong or really well trained if they Mm -hmm. have um, yeah, that feeling of power. That's my, that's my go-to. <laughs> wow. That is, that is really cool. That mm-hmm. could be a whole other conversation <laughs> on, on a podcast. So, <laughs> and, and I have to say, so yes, I massaged Capri for you for about a year. I think it was about, about a year. And I have to say that she was yeah. the sweetest. She is the sweetest horse yeah. and so laid back and open and friendly and and it's funny because I didn't really find anything marish about her she was very open to uh, to the massage and and everything so yes it, it was uh, quite an honor to work with her yeah <laughs> well that's good because she doesn't uh you know her old her old colors kind of came out with certain people yes um so you know you're yeah yeah so that's a an attribute to you nice okay good (laughs) (laughs) okay so based based on what I've heard read and what I know about you um you have definite role model qualities about you is that a role that you see yourself in and are you comfortable with that responsibility um yes um I, I guess, um, I don't go like seeking, um, like a, a attention or I guess you could say that. Um, but, uh, it's nice that, um, you know, like I like to, I guess, prove that hard work and, um, you know, dreams, uh, can pay off with, um, with hard work and dedication and, um, um, yeah, I hope that, that, uh, that translates and, um, that I can inspire other, other, uh, girls, boys to do, um, whatever it is that they want, if it's equestrian related or otherwise, right. Um, you know, it's, it's, I I guess the equestrian, uh, career path isn't, uh, or wasn't a streamline, um, growing up. So, um, you know, I was questioned a lot from not my family, but from a lot of people, if, if that's really what I wanted to do. And, um, I knew, you know, from the second that I had horses, that that's what I wanted to do. So (laughs) I am that, that type of personality. I am very determined and, um, 
I thrive on physical labor. So, uh, and I love horses. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think those things, dedication and hard work, you can do whatever you want in life. Absolutely. And you know what, like the word you used is inspire. So, you know, and, and I think too, like being a role model isn't seeking attention because then I, I believe the, the intention isn't there for, for what the purpose is, but you just being you mm-hmm. going about your day, working hard, tending to your horses, educating yourself, going out there and representing your country with a smile on your face and the talent that you have, that is definitely a role model. Yes. I, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, you you were very fresh and I was so excited for you that you know when you made the the 2015 team and um yeah I I just think you did a great job at representing our country ah thanks Tracy you're welcome (laughs) thank you yeah um yeah okay so I also you went you spent some time in Germany can you tell us a little bit about that um sure uh um when I was 13 you mean yeah like back when you were younger and and everything and what you learned there yeah um yeah so that uh that uh time I went to Fairden um and they have a, a really um a really great program um set up there for for riders and um for upcoming coaches um, that's one thing that, um, you know, that would be so great to have in Canada is, um, you know, like a, 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 a program that, that tests, um, you know, you work your way up the rider levels and then you work your way up the coaching levels, um, and everything is very, um, you know, organized and structured. Um, so that's what, uh, I spent, uh, four weeks there, um, when I was 13. And um, at that school, we learned um, stable management, um, horse management, um, and uh, we were tested on our dressage. Um, We were tested on, uh, we had to do a course, so we had to do a little bit of jumping. And um, I also got experience doing uh, driving. Um, And to be, yeah, to be in that, that, type of environment um with uh, I think the program my course had I think about 20 people about 20 people um so at that that time I was going through my rider level one um and um yeah just to be sort of immersed in in a in a more intense program it just gave me a good sense of um if this is really what I wanted to do and um, if I belonged and if I was, you know, good enough to pursue something, um, like this as a career, um, that was all a great, great experience for me. Um, yeah, because I hadn't really (laughs) been, you know, on, on the European scene and, and, um, so yeah, it was, it was fantastic in that way. And they, they had, um, I think about 50 horses for the program too. So, um, again, we were able to ride lots and, um, in different disciplines. So, well, and yeah, it was great. And then the test was also kind of fun because we did the test in German as well. So the written test was in German. (laughs) Obviously you didn't have to talk when you were writing, but (laughs) yeah, 
that was fun too. <laughs> At the age of 13. Yeah. That's huge. That's uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I had the opportunity, this was a very long time ago to go over to Germany and, you know, go to a certain barn and work with some people and, and some uh, friends of mine that grew up with my coach that would have set this up for me. They'd gone and they're like, oh my God, Tracy, it is so hard. And I've heard that like very hard work. They work you really hard. They expect good quality work and good riding and all that kind of stuff. And life around me wasn't really allowing me to do that kind of thing, unfortunately. But um, yeah, like what was it about that? How, what was the hardest thing for you to learn while you were there for that period of time as a 13 year old? Um, the hardest thing I guess would be would have been the driving if I were to pick something because that um I hadn't had a whole lot of experience with that I had only um uh, gone to a friend's farm once and uh that was in the winter time so it was you know sleigh <laughs> um so I had had a little bit of experience with how they feel um when you're when you're driving but um yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was foreign, but it was uh, so much fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we went, um, we went across the street and practiced at the, uh, the, uh, Fairden auction, um, uh, grounds that was across the street from the school. So we got to do like the actual courses and through the woods and across the street and oh, wow. things like that. So that was fun. That would be mm-hmm. fun. That's awesome. And yeah. so looking mm-hmm. back for you as a 13 year old and who you are now, how did that experience help you grow as both a rider and a person? Um, I would say it probably gave me the confidence um, that I could pursue it as a career um, because there was, uh, you know, a few coaches there and, um, and they had given me, you know, good feedback on, um, on my riding and, and in my tests, um, I did quite well. I actually got a higher score in jumping than I did dressage. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, and that was reassuring to me too, because, you know, we, we had worked, um, together with the, co- with the instructors, um, throughout the month. So they could really get a good feel for that. And, um, um, yeah, so basically reassurance and and to be um, immersed in in uh, an intense, um, very high, you know, sought after uh, place with yeah. uh, lots of professionals there. So mm-hmm. yeah, and at the age of thirteen, you know, like you said, you were kind of you were determined. You have that personality to decide that that was the choice that you wanted to make and. It sounds like you were really immersed in it since that age. That was the key moment for you. Was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That and, um, and I think, uh, when I did my first Grand Prix with Capri, I would say that that is, that was a big, um, um, a monumental moment <laughs> you know when the when when the movement started coming together that was yeah. um yeah that was a fun time too well let's let me ask this next question then because among your many accomplishments I just found this awesome so I could hardly wait to ask this 
Among many of your accomplishments is winning the 2014 Dressage Canada Owner of the Year Award with Caravella. What does that award represent? If you can educate us on the, the prerequisites to that award and what did it mean to you? It was, uh, Capri is such a personal thing. She's, um, she's part of our family and, um, and basically a representation of um, the effort that, you know, my mom put into me, my effort, basically all of sort of our life decisions coming down into one moment. Um, um, so yeah, it's a, it was, it was a huge, it was a huge accomplishment. Um, not only, you know, to, to my personal, my family and myself, um, but also to Deeridge who, um, you know, was and is still supporting me now. So, um, yeah, to have the whole team behind me, you know, I know I'm the rider, but there are so many people behind the scenes that help to make it happen for you. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an award for all of us. So I think that that is the biggest, the biggest thing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So not only to the horse too, of course. Yeah. What were some of the, the prerequisites to this? So, you know, that you met for this award, because I, I think I, the part that I find so awesome about it is that yes, you, there's a whole team behind it, but you were such a young rider and you took this horse yourself through this process. And then to win that award, I think is such a feather in your cap. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, um, yeah, it is, it was, uh, yeah, such a, such a big, um, a big thing for, for the whole team. Um, I think the things that they look for when considering a candidate for that award um, is um, excellence. Uh, that year I had uh, done the, done quite well at the World Equestrian Games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they look for you know, their considerations are in the top uh, horses in Canada um, with, you know, obviously high levels of achievement. So, um, so yeah, I think she was, uh, she was a candidate for that for sure that year. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So I love the backstory about you two and the fact that, so was she your first Grand Prix horse, like horse that you'd gotten to Grand Prix yourself? Yes. 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 And yeah, my first one and, uh, and the, the first one that I had trained fully. Yeah. Tell me about the focus needed for that. Like how in, in developing her and getting to her, that getting her to that point. So like the horsemanship, the connection that you talked about when you first got on her, what, what was, what was your focus like for during this process? It was, um, Back to my favorite saying, which is, um, uh, I heard it from Kira Kirkland, um, and she says, perfect practice makes perfect. So um, whether that was on the horse or um, caring for her, she was, um, she was like, she was my, my life. Yeah, so every day I went to the barn, um, I made sure that her uh, first of all, um, she was happy and healthy and 
made sure that her body was um, was in good form. Um, and all of my practices at, um, at home, um, because I was working um, on my own at my mom's farm, um, which I ran. Um, uh, so really I felt a lot of responsibility to make sure that everything that I had learned in my life, I was doing to the very best of my ability. And that was amazing. And probably another point to, um, to mention too, for those of you who are growing up and um, training that, that riding on your own here and there is, is great because you do um, have that sole responsibility on yourself to make sure that you're, you know, it's, it's you that's doing it. And um, um, yeah, uh, you're, you can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so every, every day um, in my training, uh, I did, um, I did juniors and young riders with her with, um, without um, a coach. And um, it wasn't until I wanted to break into the uh, uh, Young Rider Grand Prix. Um, and I, I do, I, I'm not going to say that I did it all on my own because I do believe in having, um, having you know, professionals opinion. Um, so I did take a lot of clinics um, with different uh, coaches and just made sure that, um, you know, you check your work and, uh, yeah, that there are no holes and, um, uh, and kind of carry on with, uh, you know, you being your own responsibility. Um, and then, so, yeah, so when I, when I did the jump from, uh, from pre-St. George to, or the, the small tour level to the big tour level, um, that winter I spent with Robert Dover, um, and that was amazing. <laughs> Every awesome. day I spent training with him for, for three months. So that was really helpful. And, wow. and um, that's when I made the jump. Good for you. Well, so. Okay, this will take me back then. Who who was your role model sure. when I, when I asked you about you being a role model? Who was your role role model sort of as you were developing? Hmm. Um, there were there were a lot of uh, different different riders. Kira Kirkland is is one of my favorites, um, uh, and always had been growing up. Um, I had videos uh, of. Jane Savoy, um, Anki, Isabel, um, you know, the, the big icons, um, in, in the nineties and the early decades. Yep. And, um, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you, you, you sort of are a product too, of who you you're surrounded with. So I think too, it's important to, um, to not always train on your own, because I think you can elevate your, game based on who you're surrounded by so um you know if there are opportunities to to train every now and then with um with top riders or whoever you look up to I think that that's uh, um an opportunity that that if you can do it that would be good yeah. for you because I think you learn a lot on the ground and watching and yeah 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 do you you surround yourself uh, with greatness, then yeah, you learn from that. Mm -hmm. I, I think there, there's a saying that says um, the five top people that you hang around with are basically a reflection of, 
of who you are and, and, you know, what you're doing for yourself and your, your mindset and your, your outlook and stuff. So yeah, you know, you, you want to achieve big goals. You've got to hang around the right people. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, another super training tool is, um, is videoing. And that's, that one thing that I, um, one of the things that I advocate to anybody who, um, who works with me is, uh, is to have lots of videos of their own training, because I feel like, um, at least for me, you're your own best critic. And as long as you know, the technical things, then, um, then, you know, your body the best and what exactly you're doing in certain moments. So, um, you know, it, it's not, um, I think videoing is, is such a key, key component. At least it was for me um, growing up and especially now too, um, that that is, uh, that is there somewhere in, in your barn. Yes, <laughs> and they come out with, they came out with some really great um, technology. Um, Pixio is, or Pixum, the Move and See product um, is, a, is a good one that I have. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah good follows you you don't have to have a videographer you don't have to have a sister like I did growing up videoing every (laughs) lesson that sounds like a very handy tool yes (laughs) it is it's it's excellent oh man so so to go back you had mentioned that your motto has been perfect practice makes perfect um your sport philosophy is horses are my life it's really quite simple Um, does being so immersed in the sport ever make things feel like an uphill struggle? No. Okay. Mm -mm. No horses. Um, they are for me, they're, um, they're kind of therapeutic, you know, and you've got, when I get on them in the morning, um, and you can practice this too, just sort of getting into, the mindset that that you're with your horse and um, you can kind of shut everything else off that might be going on and um, and focus on on the horse and you know that the fact that you're even on a horse is a great day so um, yeah that that was that's another another huge thing with, um, with growing up and, um, you know, bettering yourself is, um, uh, Jane Savoy taught this, uh, psycho cybernetics. So, um, practicing mindsets and, um, yeah, basically for lack of a better word, getting in the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, you practice that every day and then it gets actually quite simple. So, um, yeah. That's cool. I love that answer. That is, that was awesome. And you know, when I made that question, I did second guess putting in the word struggle for, you know, challenge. Is it a challenge? And, and I thought, you know what, in, in the spirit of being open, because not everything is just a challenge. Sometimes, you know, depending on what else is going on in your life or how your body's feeling or what's going on, things can feel like a bit of a struggle, but your answer, how you answered that was amazing because it, it is about how you prepare yourself on a daily basis and the work that you do on yourself and for yourself. Um, yeah, it sets you up for success. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and I think the horses tell you quite a bit. So if you're um, if you're at a roadblock, um, I think it's important to start reading your horse um, and what if if you do come across something that um, you're not sure about, then um, then you can go through a whole uh, list of things that you can analyze. Is it is it first of all what are you doing um technically if there's something missing there like I always ask like why is the horse doing this um then what can I change um to to you know not blame the rack the racket right (laughs) you know you can kind of take um (laughs) take the responsibility and um and ask yourself what could you do to change such and such yeah so that's um yeah, um, just from like a technical analytical standpoint from from yourself as a rider, uh, that is, um, that would be my, my uh, love it. Well, contribution to hopefully solving problems. <laughs> yes. And I got it. I got to say, too, like getting to know you over that time that I massaged Capri for you, um, I was really um taken by yes you were younger I mean that was seven years ago I think I massaged for you um and you were I was really I don't know if impressed is the word but I was really taken back by how in depth like when I found something when when we would talk about Capri's development you had like the questions everything you asked was so thoughtful and I could see you processing what my findings were it's almost like you were sitting on her feeling what I was telling you I was feeling. It was so impressive. I thought that was, that was, that for me, um, of all the years I've been doing the massaging was a sign of, okay, now that is a rider who is in tune with her horse. I thought it was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're great. I know. Yeah. You can do that. So, um, when you work with, uh, other professionals in the field, like yourself, then, you say, oh, I'm feeling this, then I can do um, different work with her the next day to improve that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I am a huge advocate for, um, for horse management and um, I'm a believer in, in these different therapies to help them compete the best. And the more people you talk to too, the more you learn. It's not, um, you know, it's not a, a you, there's so much to learn. Exactly. <laughs> so I keep a very open mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. And so along this journey of yours, how do you deal with obstacles along the way? You know, you talk about mindset. And I know before we started recording, um, you shared with me that you have recently been in a car accident. Um, mm. And you agreed that you're open to sharing as much as you you wish. But I your, your answer to when you were telling me that is like, wow, that is Megan and everything in this Mm -hmm. interview. Um, I know the listeners are going to hear this and they're going to, well, wow, that is Megan. That's uh, so if you don't, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what you're going through right now and how you're getting yourself, getting ready to get back into the saddle. Sure. Um, So about four and a half weeks ago, um, I was in a head-on collision. Um, the, uh, the gentleman who uh, hit me was going 
AB5, 90 kilometers an hour. Um, I was going the opposite way, going 70 kilometers. Um, and he fell asleep at the wheel and um, yeah, drove his car straight into mine. Um, I had cars on the other side of me, so I couldn't swerve out of the way and obviously couldn't stop in time. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very serious accident. So he, um, now I advocate to not drive tired because, um, he actually fell asleep at the wheel. Um, and he's, uh, now no longer with us. So I'm very, very lucky to be here and, um, yeah, don't, don't drive tired. Mm. Um, but I'm lucky, I'm lucky. I don't, I, I only have yeah, another week and a half um, of physio um, before I can ride. And uh, so, yeah, I, I have only a few, a handful of fractures. So I'm very, very lucky. Wow. You are so lucky. And I am so, mm -hmm. so happy that you are well. And I think that, yes, mm -hmm. you're advocating that um, people, especially in this day and age, Megan, when everybody's got so much on the go and they just push themselves to mm -hmm. the point of having that happen and putting other people's lives at risk. I'm so grateful that you're okay. So mm -hmm. share with us then, if you don't mind your, your mindset in recovery, because this has been a huge pivot for you. And now you've got to get yourself back into riding condition. Where do you go from here? Yeah. Um, the silver lining to this is, um, I have been with uh, Belinda and I have been working with each other now for uh, a couple years. And so, yeah, like I said, the silver lining to this has been um, being able to watch her. She's been coming to Deer Ridge to work with the horses that I ride on on a regular basis every day. And um, so she's been coming a couple times a week. And um, having the perspective from the ground has been extraordinarily satisfying. Um, I find that her and I's uh, style and um, approach to training is very similar. Um, so it's been a really easy transition for the horses. And um, yeah, you just gain a different sense of what they can do what they look like from the ground you know you get really into analyzing the feeling but um to see them in person and I've always seen my horses just through video so to see them go live is oh my gosh I have goosebumps just Aww. thinking about it they're just incredible so um so yeah so that's how I've sort of been um getting through the last four and a half weeks without riding because oh. I haven't ever ridden not ridden for more than five days I'd say so wow um so yeah it's been amazing it's been really really fun mm -hmm. and the fact that you can see a silver lining um is mm -hmm. is a true testament to how you have accomplished what you've accomplished and how you've done a lot of it on your own and and you know what I it's like, okay, I can't be in the saddle. I'm going to observe and I'm going to learn from someone I trust and who we have similar, you know, philosophy. Who I respect. 
It yeah, respect. one of the best riders in the world. Awesome. And, and just for listeners, yeah. he's Belinda Trussell, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, so yeah. you you still get to learn. You still get to almost ride every stride while you heal. Oh yeah. While you heal yeah. and you work on yourself. Yeah. 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 No? Good. So. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, in your opinion, what do Canadian riders need to do or need to do differently to keep getting better at the international level? Um. My number one thing I would say is, and um, I credit my mom for this, is learn the right way the first time. Um, I think um, a lot of people spend too long perhaps doing, um, doing things incorrectly and to unlearn that is probably one of the hardest things that I've noticed. Um, um when I when I see somebody so um definitely surround yourself with with um the best trainers and then um I think you have a super start to where it wherever it is that you um would like to go in your journey yeah okay um, and, and then and- yeah like we said before um yeah surround yourself every now and then with uh with top horses and top trainers and um, that will definitely take you a long way. Okay. That's pretty sound advice. I'd say (laughs) which, which of the games did you, that had the biggest impact on you? The Olympics, I think. Okay. In what way? Yeah. Um, it had been, you know, a lifelong goal of mine, I think, um and to do it with uh with our horse um um it was huge uh it was uh rio was the year of vika i think yes and so um my sister came with me um and obviously evelyn lucas my groom she was there but um so those two from my team directly were the only ones that that went um and uh so yeah so to have to have them there with me was uh was special and then you know to come home to everybody um yeah it's just it's like a team uh celebration yeah <laughs> it's the celebration of, of your whole life's work oh, so that's um so that that's pretty special. that's every little girl's dream you know a little yes. girl or a little boy who ride horses that's so you've gotten a chance to live in the dream and i just have to say like your 2015 pan am team you guys wasn't that where your silver medal team broke the canadian record for the highest team average score at a major game so mm-hmm. i mean that was a huge accomplishment. Um, all yes. of your hard work and the teamwork, which is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess too, just to ask, because I'm big on community building. I'm big on wonderful people like you coming on and sharing your story and your experience and your advice and, and everything. How do you feel about the the community as it stands um in the in equestrian sports do you feel like we're in in a place where we're really learning from each other or would you like to see that grow a little bit um 
I think there's always room for improvement. Um, yeah, I, I, um, it would be nice to have, you know, some sort of program like I was mentioning that they had in Germany where, um, where there is a lot of collaboration um, and support from, you know, the grassroots up for those who are um, interested in the sport or, you know, especially those who don't know the sport at all. Um, like a lot of advocacy in that sense. Um, Chris von Martel's uh, uh, last year, I believe it was, um, actually did a fantastic job organizing um, uh, for top riders from Canada to donate their time to, um, to riders across Canada. Um, uh, yeah, four lessons or so. Wow. And yeah, it would be great to have, you know, things like that um, as well, just some advocacy things and um, just let, you know, um, maybe riders who aren't riding at the FEI levels who don't go to Florida, who are interested in getting, um, uh, working with professionals every now and then, um, you know, uh, who compete internationally mm-hmm. and just have them know that, um, you know, these, uh, these coaches are there for everybody, you know, um, that, that the world is now such an accessible place that, um, that nobody should feel that, uh, that they don't have access to, to that. Um, and I get probably my most frequently asked question is, do I teach beginners? And, um, yes, (laughs) uh, that would be, you know, probably, half of my clientele is uh, new to dressage or, or just, um, yeah, just coming into the sport. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's so accessible. So um, promotion, it would be, would be a great thing. I love that. Do you do a lot of clinics? I do. Yes. Awesome. And so obviously you must love them. You're very passionate about it. People must just love learning from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun to see the improvement um, and for them to get instant feedback from their horse. So to point out um, things that uh, that they can do um, to instantly improve. Yeah, um, yeah is, is, is super, so gratifying, so gratifying Aww. for both parties. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Megan, this has been a thrill. I have been looking. You've been on my podcast guest hit list and (laughs) I'm so great having me oh my goodness yes this is awesome um yes so where can people find you where can they get a hold of you I mean maybe there's some listeners out there that think and they might want a Megan clinic (laughs) um well Facebook uh Instagram um I'm currently updating my website okay um but uh yeah you can find all of my info through that or um or uh, google okay awesome. <laughs> the old-fashioned way <laughs> <laughs> the old-fashioned way that's hilarious yeah yes okay so i will collect all of that information we'll put it in the show notes and yeah if anybody wants to reach out to you they sure can absolutely awesome. thank you megan <laughs> thanks tracy So there you have it. For future episodes, I have some amazing interviews lined up, hoping to open and engage the horse world on issues and topics of interest in and out of the show ring. 
So until next time, keep your eyes forward and continue to hit your stride. You can subscribe to the podcast for new episodes of Hitting Your Stride on my website or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can check me out on Facebook and Instagram and feel free to share whatever you've heard here with your friends. For that, I would be very grateful.